Welcome back to Gym YA for our conclusion episode. Today we're going to talk about all of Graceling, what we thought about it, um, what we learned during it, that kind of thing. This is Hannah here. This is Ingrid. And this is Rachel. Welcome back. Um, So obviously we all enjoyed Graceling a lot. Um, And now we get to talk about how impactful it was for us and what we think y'all could have learned on the way as well. Um, I think since we didn't get really deep into it in the last episode, maybe we can talk a little bit about how the end, what did we learn from the end? That kind of thing. So um, at the end, we obviously see um, Katza overcoming her fears and um, overcoming this huge villain and coming out as this really strong uh, character as well. So what did y'all, what did y'all feel like you learned during all of that? I feel like I was, I feel like what I was supposed to take out of it was that you can start at a very low point where you have no power and still at the end, after a lot of hard work, get to where you want to be and be the kind of person you want to be, which I think is really important because I think, I think being the person you want to be is the most important part of that because I feel like we all have self-esteem issues. We all wish we could be better and wish we could have the power to fix ourselves. when really you always have the power to change yourself. You may not have the power to change your circumstances, but you can always look for that kind of change in yourself. I totally agree, Ingrid, but I would also, I would say even more than that in this story, it was very much about relationships and the whole story emphasizes the importance of relationships, the importance of listening to other people. I mean, at the end, the villain, basically, he's defeated by people being able to connect with each other. For me, um, it was the choices that we make define who we are. Because when Katz just started having her own agency and making her own choices, she finally became the person she wanted to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, what did y'all, just for fun, what did y'all think... Um, what do you see Katza doing in the future? I totally see her traveling around the kingdoms, setting up schools like for girls to teach them like survival skills. Like not just fighting and self-defense, but like how to make a fire, how to hunt, how to do these things and take care of themselves so they don't need like their fathers and their brothers and their husbands to take care of them. You can kind of see that wish when she defends that girl in the inn and she like she thinks it's ridiculous that she asks, you know, who protects them, who's around to protect them. She's like, Oh, it's our father and our brothers and she's like, That's not okay. Like they need to know how to protect themselves. So I can kind of see her, especially after she teaches Bitter Blue how to fight, I can totally see her traveling around like incognito, especially in Randa's kingdom, to teach young girls and like women of all ages really to defend themselves. Well, I feel like that's actually really cool, but it's almost like her grace, she she would be able to pass it on in that way. I mean, we see her do that with Bitter Blue. She's kind of like, she has this gift, and then now she's teaching someone else what she naturally can do. And I could totally see that being her future. Yeah. For me, I see her raising a child with Poe. Not like in the traditional, they get married and then they plan to have kids, but you know, just the friends would benefit things, you know. They're in a time where not everything's traditional, and so 
Museum um, a love child. Yeah, they have a love child together. And, they would have an adorable child. I they think. would, and that kid would wouldn't be, be so a Graceling. You think? I think it would be. It would have to be. It would have to be like two Gracelings. Like the most powerful Graceling. Like, right? <laughs> That's be. scary though, because we've already seen the most powerful <laughs> Graceling is Lek, and you wouldn't and want that to happen again. But you know, Katza would not let that thing be evil. Oh yeah. But then um, again, like I'm not, thing. I'm not sure that that <laughs> outcome would be certain. But because like. At the very beginning, you see her totally against children. She's like, I wonder if Gideon would realize what I was doing when I planted Seabane, which is the contraception. But I feel like with Poe, she probably would eventually become more receptive to that. And but oh, yeah. I just think after her transformation with um, caring for Bitter Blue, I think she'd mm-hmm. be more open to it. I think she's finally come to realize that to care for someone and to rely on someone and their affection isn't a weakness. So I feel like she would be you know, more open to having a child and not seeing as that as, like, something that would bring her down and, like, put herself in jeopardy or make her tied down or shackled. I feel like she'd see it as something that she could share with Poe. Yeah. Like, that kind of love. So, yeah, I see this, like, somewhat, like, possible. What about... I can totally see her, like, toting it around to her little fight schools. (laughs) That would be adorable. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) What about Bitter Blue? What do y'all think, like... She's gonna be a badass queen. Right? Right? Like, she is such a cool character already, and she's a young girl, and already she's so strong. Like, with her father at the end of um, Graceling, she's already so, like, militant with him. Like, I, I'm going to resist you. Like, she's so intense. And she does not care at all. She, I mean, he's her father, but she's like, he's dead? Cool. Let's, let's yeah. yeah, awesome. And also, like, also, I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's two other books in this series. There's Fire and Bitter Blue. And in the third book, Bitter Blue is about Bitter Blue. And you can see her kind of, she's older. She's, I think, 16 or 17. She's Katz's age when, in this book. And it's really interesting, like, her kind of growing into her queenliness. And, I mean, it's great. And Fire, um, just a basic thing about that, isn't even set in this kingdom it's about an adjacent kingdom, like, across the Great Mountains. Um, and it's about a girl who lives there. And it's, it's a lot more, like, primal, I guess. And at the same time, they're a lot more advanced than, like, the Midlands and the surrounding kingdoms. And it's really cool to see all these different women. So I really encourage anyone to go out, and even though we're not talking about it, to go out and buy uh, Fire and Bitter Blue because they're just perfect like compliments to Graceland because you get to see three different kinds of strength. I wish we could have gotten to those in this because I feel like that would be a great um, discussion to jump in right after mm-hmm. finishing mm-hmm. up this book. Um, wh- how did y'all find the book relatable, even as adults? I know this is a young adult book, but and did it's y'all... fantasy, so it's not... I mean, we've never encountered these types of situations ourselves. Right. Exactly. Well, but you do... I mean, At the same time, you adult, do, though. Sort of. Obviously, they're going to be tamer. Yes. We see kind yeah. of, like, a lot, you know, dim, like, dimmer little uh, situations. Like, we may encounter people who abuse their power, but they're not really going to control us with the power of their voice. Yeah. Well, and I do feel like, I mean, personally, this whole battle that she has between leaning on other people and... Uh, caring for them and having that relationship she's very torn about how close do you get to these people before it becomes you know weak or whatever i feel like a lot of young women are encouraged to be you know fierce strong women but 
it, um, I feel like they're taught maybe to ignore um, other people in relationships in order to get, like, you know, as a means to an end, sort of. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of the stereotypes about strength is that in order to be strong, you cannot rely on others. You can't have emotions. You can't be sensitive. And, I mean, you can't have these very, like, full relationships that we see in Graceling. Well, and her urge to do that is very relatable. Her urge to... To want that, but at the same time... To not shut it out a little with it. Yeah. Well, and the way that she um, her personal growth is very relatable. Yes. The way yes. she, especially with bitter blue, like mm-hmm. the way that she softens with her and mm-hmm. adapts, and it's really that's really sweet. Bitter blue Poe helps cat um, to grow a lot, but I think bitter blue is probably her biggest catalyst for growth. Mm-hmm. I think Poe is almost like. The SAT prep exam, but Bitter Blue was the SAT. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was the test. Like, how far has Katza come? How much is she in tune with her own, like, emotions and her, like, love like, love of relationships? And yeah. you can kind of see how far she's come with Bitter Blue. Because yeah. at the very beginning, she, she is an animal because she thinks she's an animal. And she, she would never have allowed be. herself to, got, yeah. to get close to someone as needy as right. bitter blue is like someone is helpless because she right. would have seen it, has seen it as um, like shackling herself down which right. is why she doesn't want relationships or marriage or kids at this point right well and speaking of just relating to the story trying to relate to her with her um, whole struggle of having to leave Poe behind in that moment when she's trying to protect bitter blue was so upsetting to think about leaving people that you really care for behind vulnerable like I can't, I can't really I don't think I would be able to do what she did there. I think above all this book is all about tough choices mm-hmm. and yeah. how not just tough choices but like the capacity of yourself to like recover from hard decisions. So yeah. Of. Well, and also and sticking it through definitely. When to know how to know when to make um, I don't know the hard decisions. Because sometimes she seems like she's a little impulsive. Mm-hmm. And I think we learn, just as uh, she does as we read, that sometimes you have to spend a little more time figuring out what you're going to do in a certain situation. And sometimes you have to get yourself... Like, she doesn't want to leave Poe behind. She has to kind of get herself to that she point makes, where she's she able to to make to that, that choice. And it's... I mean, it's important that it's hers to make. Before this, she hasn't been able to have that agency to make her own choices. Yeah. But now we see her making these really hard decisions, which is amazing when you think about the fact that she's never really had to make decisions for herself. She never could. She wanted to, but she doesn't really have the experience of dictating her own actions. And she questions herself on it. I mean... She doubts herself constantly. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think we can all relate to that. Yes. Yes. it's kind of like graduating high school and going off to college. It's kind of like now or never. You have to dive in um, the deep end. And it's just like, am I am I doing this right? Um, and there's never really a point where you're like, yes, I made the best decision ever. <laughs> or if you do have that, it's very short-lived because the doubts just creep back in. And right. life is just this kind of constant swim against the current. And you have to decide which branches 
of the metaphorical river that's so cliche to take <laughs> I feel like I'm singing a Pocahontas song but <laughs> just around the river bend is, is that college yes. wow. I've lost touch with Disney <laughs> well this is as far as like well not as far as from Disney as you can get but this is a lot tougher than Disney um, I feel like <laughs> yes. the, the things that we have to deal with in this book um, the decisions and the themes and the hardships sort of separate it from a lot of, I guess, like fluffy, you know, easy YA lit that you can read, that you read just to feel better. Like, it's, like, it's not a Disney movie. Oh, no. It's about things that you can relate to and learn from. Yeah, well, and, I mean, especially the stuff of Bitter Blue, that was not light. Like, that was not gentle. That was so mm-hmm. intense and... Also, it was interesting, the whole um, aspect of how cats had dealt with a kid who had been through so much, trying to figure out how to be kind of gentle with her, but at the same time, they're in this really hard situation. Mm-hmm. She has to be gentle on Bitterbelly and tough on herself. Yeah. Which, she's been tough on herself this entire time, but she's still pushing herself to the limits physically and emotionally, caring for this, you know, helpless you know, little kid. Yeah. Yeah, doing like kids. Well, and she ends up with, for a little while, she's taking care of her and Poe, which is just, like, awful. I can't imagine trying to take care of this full-grown man who can't even, like, walk. And she's not even used to taking care of other people. Yeah. And the fact that she has to take care of two people Well, and after they come back and Poe is all depressed, she's not not even really having to take care of someone physically. She's having to emotionally... Rehabilitate someone, and for yeah. someone who's never really been that in touch with her emotions, that's a tough job. Like bringing someone out of a depression due to a an intense physical trauma and a loss of something that most people would consider essential, their eyesight, was almost a bigger challenge than Pat like, going through Grella's pass. Yeah, because she has to convince Poe that life is worth living. When just a few months, like just a few months prior to this, she didn't think life was worth living because she was under Randa's thumb, and so yeah. she has to convince Poe of things that she herself has just recently learned about life, which well, I think is a really interesting like flip on their relationship. Yeah, for sure. And also, like the whole thing with at the end with Lek when she has when she kills him, it's so um, just. It's such an intense thing, and she has to, like, she's going to have to live with that. She does feel guilt because she knows that she didn't... She feels guilt because, unlike unlike how she thinks killing should be, she thinks killing should only be in self-defense, she saw her in herself the capacity to kill an innocent person for another person. Because at that moment, she didn't think Luck was evil. He still had his spell over her. The only reason she killed him was because she knew that Poe's secret would be let out. Well, and it, I do, I feel like that part deals really a lot with like emotional manipulation of mm-hmm. other people because, I mean, there's always people who are gonna try to manipulate you in some way. Mm-hmm. And like that is so hard to deal with sometimes. And yes. like, I felt like that was really interesting how it showed, I mean, even at the beginning when she first encounters Lick, 
she has this intense reaction of feeling like it's her fault, even though mm-hmm. she was the one who was manipulated, and she's kind of the victim there. Well, it's a really powerful symbol of how all manipulation works. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to necessarily be talking to someone to be manipulated by lies and by half truths. It goes down the grapevine and eventually yeah, hits you. For sure. I thought that was a really good just representation of that. Yeah. And it was so relatable for people who've kind of dealt with that. Yeah. You know, because we've all, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. A lot of us have dealt with people who yeah. wanted to control us or exactly. get yeah. us to do what they wanted to do against our, like, just sort of. We've all encountered those people where you they, have to make hard decisions with them. Right. And then you end up feeling like it was your fault. Yes. And that, that's so. Very emotional. And you have to learn how to differentiate what you want from what they wanted you to want. Or they're the kind of people that they'll do whatever they want to get what they want to get. Exactly. And learning, I think it's, I don't think there's a lot of young adult literature that deals with that, that really brings up, like, that feeling of guilt that comes up after that and how to get over that. And I think it's an easier pill to swallow because this isn't a high school story about a girl who's getting manipulated and deals with, like, love. It's a fantasy world where real people, like, well, where people are having very serious issues. And it kind of overblows it in order to make it easier to understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think the fact that it wasn't the emphasis, that he, it doesn't just kind of... I don't know. It, it's there, obviously, but you don't think about it being something that you would deal with in real life. I think it kind of makes it easier to relate to because you don't have to think about, like, have I actually dealt with this specific situation? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is a, this is what I've experienced, you know? like True. But without, obviously, the same exact situation. Yeah. yeah. We can all agree that we've never encountered someone like, well, exactly like, like before. We've yeah. probably... I think we've all dealt with manipulators, certainly. We've oh, all yeah. dealt with powers, uh, um, problems with agency, mm-hmm. um, not being able to do what we want to do. We've all dealt with trying to be the person we want to be and failing sometimes. Oh, yeah. To do yeah, that. Sure. Disappointing ourselves. Like, like um, policing your own actions is a big theme in this because yeah. Katza has to really focus on controlling herself and... Mm-hmm. The first step in controlling herself is admitting that she has that control. Right, but I've never had to flee into the woods. That's true. <laughs> so it's or a little... shoot a bow and arrow to kill someone. Sometimes you have to stretch the imagination a tad to connect with this story. But I think that makes a little easier in a way right. because you can just kind of get lost in the world you, you don't, don't have, have to, to think about it too seriously you don't right. have to be like where is the lek in my life yeah <laughs> yes, exactly. you don't think about that you're like right. you don't compare every single point of Cass's personality to yours that'd right. be a little awkward yeah um, or yeah. that'd just be so heavy and depressing yes. too it really would I, yeah it definitely made it easier for me to read along and feel um a Connected. connection with her because I was like this isn't a real person, and I can kind of see what I want in her, you know? Yeah. The fact that she wasn't a high school student that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, con- you know, comparing my high school experience with hers now because, you know, right. it's just... Having no basis for comparison really does help you in a way like, get into it. And trying to see, is this really realistic or not? Yes, for sure. And I don't know, I just... These characters were so... 
vivid and um, like you just you get so much of their mind in there I feel like you get so much they're of very like complex. what they're yes. none of them I don't feel like any character in this you feel oh I wish they had been developed more I really wish I mean sure we would probably want to see more of Raffin and we want to see more of Bitter Blue but there's none of like none of their personalities you feel like I wish I knew specifically more than what she gave us like although I would say with one exception I would like to know more about Lick it would be disturbing well, to learn more about Well, that's him. what the second book is about. <laughs> All right. In so. the third book, um, Fire, you learn Lex's backstory. Um, Fire takes place years before um, Lex becomes king of, of Monsi. I'm sure oh. that's fascinating and heavy. It, it really yeah. is because you kind of see a monster born. Ooh. You can see how Lex became be what he became. <laughs> In fact, it like the story begins with his journey, like his birth, pretty much. Mm-hmm. If uh, if we were going to continue this podcast, we should call our second segment A Monster Born. Just <laughs> yes, because that I mean, it's <laughs> excellent title. It really is. Just, and then yeah. the third book, Bitter Blue, also you learn more about Luck because it's the aftermath. Like, what happens in Monsi after Luck is dead? Oh, yeah. And it, I'm sure it's that's really heavy yeah. because yeah. you learn exactly how much Luck did. Oh, wow. And it's really messed up, guys. I'm sure. That's probably the heaviest book there is. Oh, wow. Um, like, you get a little taste of, of you know, the insanity in, in uh, Graceling, and you get a lot more of it in Fire, but it's really in Bitter Blue that you learn the most about Lek, and it's truly disturbing. But it's, at the same time, you learn so much about Bitter Blue, and it kind of counteracts that. That because you really have like yeah like these two binaries. You have like Bitter Blue who is learning to better herself, and you have Lek, and it just kind of brings you up and down. Can we all admit that Lek was probably the best villain ever? Oh my gosh, yes. I did like, not expect that level of villain. Okay, the first half of the book, the villain, um, the kind of villainy thing we got with... Um, I'm blanking on it. Randa? Randa. Randa, yes, thank you. He was just not... He didn't measure up. Right. And then I was not expect. I was like, this villain is going to just fall flat. But, right. me a lot. But that scene, with that first scene where he is shooting his wife, like basically hunting her like an animal, I was like, okay, they're stepping it up. Like, yeah. we've reached another yeah. level. Like, you can't be sympathetic for him. Like, he doesn't have a sympathetic no, backstory. Which, and you're, t- you're truly terrified of him because you're like, how can they beat someone so manipulative who has so much control and power over everyone Especially those he meets. He he controls those he doesn't even meet. He, he controls people who have talked to people, 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 who have talked to, yeah. talked to him. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That's amazing. And yeah. the fact that the sure. only it was only by pure chance and by one little slip-up of Lex, if he had not tried to reveal Poe's grace, then he probably, like, they their that plan would have failed. They, that was a thing that tipped, like, that it tipped skills. It it made the difference. Although I will say, him not having like a sympathetic side at all was a little problematic to me because I, I do want to see him be a little more human in a way. Although I feel like his grace does. I feel like in Fire you see where like how exactly he could become what he's become. But in Graceling, I, I do agree that it is a little like you can't you don't understand how on earth he got to be this way. Oh yeah, um, you can see yeah. you can see kind of where his grace would lead him down that path, but you you can't really you have no idea what his backstory is because the first you hear of him is he's become the king after the, the king and the previous king and queen have mysteriously disappeared. 
Yeah. And so I feel like it, it develops more in, in Fire and definitely in Bitter Blue. But I agree that I wish I could have seen a little more dynamic backstory of yeah, Black. same. But again, I think that she probably took, Kishore probably took some of that criticism and really went in depth about that and, and fire she and added that blue. in later on in the other books that makes me want to keep on reading and read that uh, last one and I highly encourage anyone listening to do so too because those books are amazing and um, if you didn't follow along with us in this finish it it's great it's very it has so many important themes for young adults it teaches you a lot about just dealing with difficulty and it's not just for young adults it's for it's for young adults it's for um, adults who are going through college, older adults, middle-aged adults, you senior citizens out there. <laughs> it's completely relatable at all levels of life because we all deal with these kinds of things every day. Even if we don't deal with them specifically, we've established that. And if you're just listening to us and haven't read the book, please read it. It's really good. And please ignore everything we've said because of spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It would so. be ruined. So. <laughs> yes. So. But um, I just, we just want to say that it was a great experience um, discussing this book. We've um, enjoyed it. We've enjoyed reading it and yeah. getting to take notes and share mm. it with you guys. And hearing each other's insights. Yes. I would say every time we've come together to talk, um, I've come away with something different than what I thought of when I read it. Yes, definitely. I feel like when you have... Um, people to talk to you talk to you about these books you can um, really get to understand it more than if you were reading it by yourself so if you do want to read these books and read fire and bitter blue try to get yourself up a book up a book club or a buddy system grab a friend and say hey you read this this is awesome because reading can be a really enriching communal experience and considering this book is about the value of relationships It'd be appropriate. Yes, for but, sure. Um, thank well, you for joining us, and we've enjoyed it, and I hope you have as well. And we'll say goodbye. 